You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If, 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 if your blood runs orange and blue, orange and blue, blue this, this is the pod, is the pod for, you. for you. You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods, hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beer. Let's get to it, New York. Maybe they just wanted it more. Oh my goodness! All right, <laughs> EJ Stewart, Tommy Beer, Orange and Blue Bloods, New York Knicks podcast, Odyssey WFN original. You know where you can find us. Uh, you can find us on all the uh, download streaming services. You can catch us on YouTube, WFN, Odyssey Sports. But I come into this podcast, Tommy, really annoyed. By the way, on those streaming services, make sure you hit the auto-download feature um, so you can get us every time we drop. We drop three times a week. And <laughs> we're coming up on what may be the last episode of the actual season of Orange and Blue Bloods because Knicks are now down 3-1 in this series to the Miami Heat losing game three. So Tommy again joins me as always. Tommy, I mean, what what do you have to say after that uh, performance we had just last The Knicks night? aren't only down 3-1. They are down bad, as the kids might say. And, um, yeah. you know, it, it starts with uh, it, frustratingly um, a lack of heart. You know, you're, you, you know, if you're a Knicks fan, you can, you know, you don't mind losing if you, you know, close game, three-pointers don't drop, you know, bounce the ball the wrong way. Um, but when your quote unquote all star um, doesn't show up, doesn't compete defensively, um, and it, we'll get into all the other stuff, the adjustments and the and the and the good and the bad. Um, but to me, this was a, a kind of from the start uh, about a lack of effort. And um, the Knicks again have a small margin for error, and they didn't um, compete enough. The things that got them, you know, through the eighty-two game regular season and into the uh, through the first round, impressively, um, and got them to a matchup, a second round matchup with Miami. There are the things that they are are fa- falling behind on, um, and and getting outworked and out hustled. Um, all the things that they had relied upon, yeah, to get to this point. But uh, so uh, yeah, a, a very disappointing, discouraging loss from the Knicks. Uh, let's discuss it, shall we? Let's do it. So again, this is Orange and Blue Bloods New York New York Knicks podcast, WFN Odyssey Original. You can get it wherever you get your podcast, including the free Odyssey app. Hit that auto download feature so you can get these episodes every time we drop. Also, check us out on YouTube, the WFN channel, and the Odyssey Sports channel. So the Knicks are on the brink of elimination after dropping game four to the Miami Heat 109-101. He led most of the way, but but the Knicks were able to keep the game close thanks to a much better shooting night in game four. Knicks shot 48% from the field. Uh, led by a 32-point performance from their point guard, Jalen Brunson. R.J. Barrett added 24. Julius Randle added 20. But the Knicks were plagued by fouls, turnovers, and offensive rebounds. In the fourth quarter, the Knicks were beat to loose balls all night. They gave up seven offensive rebounds in the fourth quarter alone. In that same fourth quarter, they only had two members of the Knicks score. Barrett and Brunson were the only guys that scored. 
in the fourth quarter. The Knicks losing this one. Jimmy Butler led the Heat uh, in scoring. He had 27 in this one. Bam Adebayo had a really monster night, 23 points, 13 rebounds. Knicks down in the series now, uh, three games to one. And Jalen Brunson was asked in the postgame, what has to change for the Knicks? What has to change from these two games here? Everything. Long story short, we need to be better. I need to be better. Brunson keeping it simple there. He says everything needs to be adjusted in this one. Uh, when it came to the offensive rebounds, uh, here is Tom Thibodeau explaining why the Knicks were unable to simply secure the basketball after the Heat would miss shot after shot after shot in the fourth quarter. Tom, fourth quarter there when they're getting every offensive rebound, what what are you seeing? What, what are they doing that you guys aren't? And we got to get a body on people. So they're shooting long. We're running in and uh, ball's going over our head. And finally, maybe the most discouraging comments coming from the all-star of this team, the highest paid player on this team, the leader of this team, Julius Randle, on why the Knicks were unable to get any offensive re- defensive rebounds to help get themselves back into that game down the stretch. And just uh, maybe they want it more. I don't know. Um, Excuse me. What was that, Julius? What was that? And just uh, maybe they want it more. I don't know. Um, uh, wait, wait. Excuse me. Say that one more time. And just uh, maybe they want it more. I don't know. Um, Oh my God, corny, lame, boo, tomato, 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 I'm throwing tomatoes. What did he say? It's a joke, right? It's a joke, Goose, right? You ribbing me? You ribbing me? I mean, I don't, I don't even know. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I don't even know what Shut to say. Shut that soft ass up. All that soft talking. I know you can do it, man. You got the, you got the, man, shut that soft ass up. Maybe they wanted it more. That's the answer we got from Julius Randle after this loss as to why the Knicks were unable, unable to get any options, uh, defensive rebounds down the stretch. A really pathetic answer from a player who's put on a, another pathetic playoff run here. And I don't know. I mean, we can go many places, Tommy, but I think to me it, it kind of starts and ends with Randle uh, how he played in this game. He had six turnovers in this game alone. Uh, he We're going to talk about the officiating later on in this episode, but he had a bunch of fouls. He fouled out in this game. And then um, the, the lack of hustle, the lack of defensive intensity from him seemed to permeate throughout the team yet again. And now here the Knicks are down 3-1. I'm shocked that anyone's starting with anything other than Randall, to be honest. Like, I've seen a few post-game recaps. And, you know, and yeah. even if Randall hadn't made the comment um, or he kind of said the quiet part out loud, um, I think it might have even flown under the radar. Um, maybe it's because I was focused on it after game three because it annoyed me so much. But just watching his effort from the opening tip of game four, again, this is the most important game of the next season, um, you know, to that point. Arguably the most important game of, uh, of Julius Randle's career. Most important game the Knicks have played in a decade, maybe this century. For him to come out, and again, if you guys haven't seen the clips, I listen. You guys, you know, you know, most fans, you know, don't don't have time to kind of focus in and, and rewatch the clips. Yeah, yeah. Uh, check my Twitter. The, the my my Substack. I posted a, a few highlights slash lowlights of the clips. 
Um, I mean, there's a play where he's just, you know, his, his body's stiff. He's, you know, he's basically ignoring Kevin Love on the perimeter, doesn't fight through a, a screen, gets a three. You know, the, the 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 closeout on Caleb Martin got a lot of attention in the fourth quarter. That was one of about four terrible closeouts. Um, yeah. Shout out to Jim Jackson for like yes. pointing out how bad that was. And like it's it's unfortunate because I feel like, you know, really besides maybe honestly Van Gundy and Mark Jackson would be like the only ones who were really when star players show bad effort, they're really the only ones usually on the national scene that will like call it out. And that was a great job by Jim Jackson to say this was awful closeout, bad footwork, bad fundamentals, bad effort. Every I mean, he he barbecued Randall and it was it was right rightfully so. And he could have been doing it the whole game, and he could have been doing it yeah. for the last two games. And that's the type of thing that's infectious. You know, we talked about in the in the post game. I I don't know how other t- his teammates can watch the clips and, and Tibbs is famous for saying, I watched the film three or four times. I don't know. I, I honestly, I'd love, you know, 10 years from now, if they write a documentary, like how that gets addressed in the film room, I, I'm going to, because either you ignore it and you don't show the, the, the film or you have to talk about it. So I don't, I don't know the, how that balance has worked out. Um, but again, the Knicks, as I talked about right at the beginning, the Knicks margin for error small, the things that had kind of their secret sauce, We'll control the glass. We won't turn the ball over, and and those are and and we're gonna outwork you. We're gonna out hustle you. We may not be the most talented team. We don't have a Giannis. We don't have a playoff Jimmy. We don't have a, a, a you know a prime LeBron. But you know we don't have a Steph Curry to shoot the lights out. But we got a collection of guys that band together. And, you know, collectively, as a whole, we're better than your collective. Even though you may have one or two stars that are better than our best players, etc. And those are the things that have carried the Knicks over the 80, the marathon 82 game season. Mm -hmm. And then in this post, and we saw it in the first round against Cleveland. Uh, Randall didn't play well, but you know, it wasn't, he wasn't glaringly terrible in terms of effort and, you know, coming back from an injury, et cetera. Um, But, you know, the, the, especially, you know, it, it, it it kind of bubbled up a little bit towards the end of the regular season. Um, We obviously he struggled offensively. Maybe if he scores, you know, 35, he competes on the defensive end, but one shouldn't be relying on the other. And that's what, and 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 that lack of effort, that lack of attention to detail, um, you know, tends to trickle down, and that's what we've seen. And and it, it led to the fourth quarter. The Knicks had one last chance, likely to save their season. Listen, the series is not over. Crazier things have happened. Jimmy Butler sprains his ankle in the second quarter, of game five. We'll talk about all that. It seemed like the Knicks needed had one last chance to kind of put their foot in the ground. And say, okay, this is you know we 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 are proud team. We're we're not going to go out. You know if we're if we're going to go out, we're going to go out fighting in this in the second half. They made a bunch of shots in the in, in the third quarter. Ten of eleven from two point territory. Shot seventy seven percent from the field. Um, on you know, but that Miami you know went went shot for shot with them. Fourth quarter, you know, two, five seven six point game right around there. In that fourth quarter. The Knicks gave up seven offensive rebounds. Yep. Kyle Lowry had two offensive rebounds. Caleb Martin had three offensive rebounds. In that fourth quarter, Kyle Lowry had more total rebounds, four, than Julius Randle and Mitchell Robinson combined for three. Um, we've knocked Julius Randle. Mitchell Robinson also deserves to get knocked for his. Yeah, position. Mitch was terrible last night. Terrible. terrible. Um, he's been terrible this series. He was yep. especially terrible um, last night. Obi Toppin. And I, how many times I got to watch Mitchell Robinson before he moved to Obi? How many times I got to watch Mitchell Robinson get the ball around the basket and bring the ball down? He had a costly turnover late down the stretch as the Knicks are trying to make it a game within the last two minutes where he bounces the ball. Of course, he throws it right out of bounds. Uh, he bounces the ball, gets fouled, misses two free throws. Like, 
This guy's been playing the entire season. And you learn this in grade school if you're a big man. Grab the ball high, keep it high, go back up strong. And consistently with Mitchell Robinson, he brings the ball down. And the Heat know everybody on this team's tendency. They know everybody's weaknesses. And they have just been hunting Mitchell Robinson as soon as he gets these rebounds because they know he's going to bring it down. And he had several moments in this game that I thought were almost momentum changing. And the last one kind of sealed the loss where he gets the ball, whether it be a rebound, whether it be a pass from someone else. And instead of just keeping the ball high and going up strong because he's seven foot one, he's bringing the ball down, making himself six one. I don't know how you can get to game, whatever this is, you know, 90 of the season, 92 of the season, whatever it is. And we're still talking about this being a problem for Mitch. Game 92 of the fifth year of his NBA career. Yeah. Still takes the ball down, still hasn't figured out how to set a screen and takes free throws that don't go above the rim. Literally zero chance of, I'm not, I'm not talking about a little arc. They literally don't get above the height of the rim. Um, I don't understand. Cause again, he's seven one. It doesn't take much to shoot. Right. Any arc. <laughs> he's literally shooting down on the hoop. Um, yeah. But it, it, yes. So, uh, uh in- incredibly frustrating and, and and i thought that fourth quarter kind of epitomized um you know just the the the, 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 the again the, you know Knicks got decimated on the boards uh four more turnovers uh than the heat in the game um you know brunson played well barrett played well as you mentioned the only two guys to score in the fourth quarter um you know but uh, it uh, it just wasn't enough um and and i think the, the most frustrating thing from a nick fan perspective was they're not losing to the 73, you know, to, to an all-time great team or, or to a championship favorite. Um, they've lost the, the fourth quarter. They actually won that quarter 2019. They lost seven of the other eight quarters uh, of the three yeah. uh, of the two games played Miami. And they've been thoroughly outplayed, out-hustled, out-worked, out-competed. And that's the thing that that you can, especially from a Nick fan base that that came of age, that cut its teeth with, you know, that heard about the 70s Knicks, um, the 90s Knicks, um, even the Spreewell, Houston, Canby guys, you know, there's the, the effort and heart and intensity um, to not play with that and to get beat, in, you know, by the other team simply having more of that um, has to be crushing. I know I cut Randall off, but I do want to give uh, that full comment from Randall, the context it deserves, I suppose. This is Randall on the offensive rebounding. And just uh, maybe they want it more. Well, that's you because you never wanted anything. Okay, I know I said I was going to let him talk, but I still can't get over those first comments uh, that they wanted more. Here's Randall on uh, what has to change and uh, intensity following this loss due to the fact that the offensive rebounding being a struggle. And just uh, maybe they want it more. I don't know. Um, you know, um, that's been who we are all year, and uh, we got to find a way to, you know, step up and, and make those plays if we want to keep the season alive. Julius, to that, where do you go to find that in the middle of a series? Um, I look within. That's all I can say. Look within. How bad do you want? It? So he says about how bad you want it. We're gonna find out. I mean, to me, if I was running the Knicks. Julius Randle will be playing for his next career in game five. Like, uh, I I can't watch Julius Randle and Tibbs as a combo in the postseason anymore. I, I know it's unrealistic to think that both of these guys will be gone after the season, given how they both performed this season. And that's fine. I'm not going to sit here and, you know, ask for things that aren't possible. But I just don't know as an organization how you can continue to put out that combo 
a coach who doesn't hold his best player accountable, who's slow to make adjustments, and keep also that best player who doesn't show leadership when it matters most, doesn't show heart when it matters most. Julius Randle's a front runner. Like, I don't know how much, like, we've seen now enough evidence with him. Like, if things are going well, the team is winning, and he's shooting well, and he's playing well, and he's getting accolades, he's making all star games, it's all good. Anytime there's any level of adversity, Randall is the first guy you can't count on. He's the first guy you can say, okay, well, adversity is hit. We know we can't count on him to help us in this situation. Like, it's so crazy to see how the season has flipped where all the attention has been on RJ and his struggles and stuff. And yet, in, in the in the most dire situations and in the situations where it's back against the wall and it's, you know, kind of last stand situations, you see the effort RJ has given. It hasn't been perfect. I'm not saying he's playing the greatest because he missed the monsters beyond Lowry kept beating him the balls, but he's giving you something. And the fact that you're getting nothing from Julius Randle, the fact that I look at this and say, well, at least he shot eight for 13, even though it's a game where he had six turnovers and six fouls and say, that's a good game from Julius Randle. This is a guy who's an all-star, all-NBA player. You cannot, you cannot win with this guy. You can't win. The, the, the perfect example of that, two, two examples. The uh, second quarter, Makes a lazy drop pass to Jalen Brunson. Gabe Vincent swipes in, steals it, goes in for yeah. the layup. Julius Randle throws his hands up in the air. Oh, oh, geez. Instead of running back, Bam Adebayo runs back. Of course, Brunson sprints back, tries to get a defensive position, makes Vincent miss the layup. Bam gets the rebound and dunks it, you know, two points. As as Bam is dunking it, Randall crosses half court and, and jogs back onto the screen. Um, incredibly frustrating. And also think about the, the uh, I'm not even going to read too much into the, the comments, but it, it is, it, 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 part of that's leadership. Part of that's, you know, uh, uh, you know, the reason CEOs make a lot of money is not just because they're the smartest, they make decisions. It's how they you know they 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 rally the troops and and, and yeah. leaders and and all that stuff's part and parcel of being a great player. Brunson, I need to get better. This is on me. You know, even Mitchell Robinson has said I have to play better. This is not this is not who I am. They counted me to rebound. I need to do better. R.J. Barrett, we need to show more effort. And 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 Julius Randle, I, I have I haven't heard him say I've been I, I need to step up. I you know this this is I don't funny. think I've ever, I don't think I've ever ever heard Julius Randle say anything about himself. Anytime he's talked about this team or struggles this team's had in the four years he's been here, every time it's always been, well, I guess we gotta do this, or I don't know. I guess we it's always that. And I'm not, he's not the most loquacious guy in these right, press right. conferences, so he's not giving us a lot anyway. But I've rarely ever heard, you know, I need to be better. I need to. St-. I've never heard him say that ever. And and I haven't and and I haven't heard and obviously we haven't heard the coach say it, you know, like we haven't heard the coach yeah, say we'll we need say our it. leading scorer to be a force, you know, and not just on the offensive end. We need our highest played player to play with effort, to compete, to show, you know, you think Riley would, you know, wasn't the best coaches aren't afraid to tackle, you know, the 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 the, the, the star. I mean, Phil Jackson routinely beat with Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal. And would eviscerate them in the media if he didn't think that they were playing up to their standards. But so, but in this in this crazy bizarre world that Tom Thibodeau has created, somehow Julius Randle of all people is above reproach. It's ridiculous. It's amazing that we're here in the second round, and, and likely it seems that a lot of the questions we'll have in the offseason were the same questions that we had going into the season. Can Tibbs and Randall coexist? And what's the it's ceiling crazy, of the team? And it's it, it it is wild that the fact that we've circled all the way back here, but and in it's, some it, ways, it, it yeah. 
in some ways, I think we're here in part because of the success. I almost yeah. think like if this yes. was a team that yes. was like a seven or eight seed and, you know, they played in the first round, and they lost. You say, all right, well, we didn't expect much from these guys anyway. So I guess job well done, you know, meeting expectations. But when you right. see the ceiling this team does have be a lot higher than maybe you expect to go into the season. Now you feel like you can't afford yes. to have this combo yes. in the biggest spots against the best coaching staffs against the best teams. You're just when, you're when, never gonna win with a Tibbs Randall combo against Eric Spolster in the Heat. When you, you're not gonna do it against Sixers, you're not gonna do it against Celtics. These were too good when you get to this point in the season. And we likely wouldn't have gotten here if it weren't. They found Jalen Brunson like they landed right. in their lap. They finally right. Found Those guys had almost nothing to do with them getting here. Yep. Yep. Like so, Randall didn't definitely. I mean, you want to give Tibbs some credit. He outcoached bigger staff, but. Randall has nothing, has nothing to do with why the Knicks got to the second round of the playoffs. But so he's, it's, also, it's, he's also an important piece for the regular season. So that's what really complicates things. Like, can, right. you, find, can you bring in another player um, that can kind of be the alpha? Like, if, in other words, if you had a Jimmy Butler, then maybe Randall would be content to kind of fade into the background and let somebody else take center stage when the lights get bright. And then you have a guy who can play the 82 games. That's the conversation we're going to just <laughs> – that's the conversation yeah, we're going to have for the next few months, you know. And But the, 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 the concerning thing about it, though, Tommy, is, again – like I said in, in the last episode we did, like so much of this burden and this pressure and these responsibilities yeah. were supposed to be taken off of his shoulders as soon it's as true. Brunson arrived in New York. So much of this was as tough, as bad as Julius Randle was the year before in the playoffs two years prior. You know, if you get a real point guard in there, he doesn't have to focus on being so much of the leader, so much of the, the floor, you know, distributor. Like a lot of that will go away. He can just focus on scoring, focus on things that he's good at. And all will be good. And yet here we are still questioning his effort, questioning whether he and, wants and, it, questioning whether he's a leader. And that's the thing, EJ, because it's not – they don't need him to score 25 points a game. No. The Knicks could win this series with him scoring 18, but just showing some effort defensively. Like Kevin Love should not be having as big an impact in this series as he had. Kevin Love could beat Randall if the – Kevin Love can't move. <laughs> he can't move. So th those are the type of things that, you know, again, if you, they have some other pieces in place. So if Randall just did his part and accepted his role as a as – a, you know, if he just – and he has the physical tools to do it. That's the other frustrating thing. You see his yeah. physicality and when he – wants to get after guys defensively and rebound and and, and really make an effort uh, he can make an impact but he just picks and chooses the times to do it and maybe he's struggling something now we got to go through all the stuff is he struggling with something emotionally and i i, I want to be and I, I gotta be honest like tommy like i don't care like i, I care about him as a human being if he's doing yes, struggling yeah. with something i don't care in regards to what it means for the knicks whether he's struggling with something if he's struggling with something i hope to god that he gets the help he needs and gets the support he needs but that's going to have to be somewhere else. Like, we, 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 the Knicks have given him as much support, as much rope, as much leash, as much leeway as they possibly could during his time here. If there's still some kind of issue that they're dealing with, the team has to understand what's best for the team, what's best for the organization, and that they can't win with this guy. It doesn't matter what's going on with him if there is an issue. And we don't even know. Like, that's the thing. We keep giving him, well, maybe it's got to be something that's happening. Maybe he's just a front runner. Maybe he's just a bad leader. Like there are plenty of NBA players who have played in this league yeah. who are talented guys, who have made all-star games, who have made all-NBA teams, who you couldn't count on. Right. I mean, all, this whole playoffs, every time, it's, it's, it's been, oh, well, can we count on James Harden to show up tonight? Like, like there are great players who play better than Randall who have had struggles during the postseason, guys who you don't feel like you can count on. And, like, with Randall, again, it's like because of, I don't again, the atmosphere that's been created at Madison Square Garden, 
there's so much rope given to him about, well, maybe there's something that's happening. And maybe if things were better, he would be better. I mean, how much better could things be? You brought in an all-star point guard. Uh, your team won 47 games. You got the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference semifinals. And you this is the performance you put up. A team in the regular season, you obliterate every time you play against them in terms of Julius Randle's individual performances. And, again, a good game from Randle is six turnovers and six fouls. I don't know what to say anymore. And the other thing is people, well, why do you care if Tibbs doesn't call him out? It doesn't matter. You know, we heard this in December and two years ago. And it's because of things like this. It's because when when push comes to shove in the most important games of the season, he needs to be called out for that lack of effort. But when you don't do it, um, and and one other thing, um, I've heard the injury thing, you know, maybe his ankle doesn't allow him to close out. He seems fine offense on the offensive end. He seems to have that explosion and he dunks and gets the basket. So I'll just saw a monster dunk in this game. We saw him shoot a turnaround fadeaway from the left wing in the first quarter. I don't want to hear about his ankle when it comes to this, if he's going to play the way he's been playing offensively. He has no problem running into people. Like, yep. he, like he's taking all this contact. He had like three off and four offensive fouls in this game. I mean, he had no problem you know, running through people and getting back up totally fine. So I, you can't give 100% effort on offense and give 20% effort on defense, which is yep. essentially what the Knicks have gotten from him. I will say I felt like this game, this was an interesting game because the Knicks finally started making shots and then the rebounding failed them. Um, the defense failed them in, in certain key points. And then you could, those are two hand in hand. Cause you could say, even though the Heat were missing shots in the fourth quarter, the Knicks were playing good defense, defensive possession ends with a rebound. So defense still failed them because they couldn't then secure a rebound. It, it was an interesting game because they did shoot the ball well. I kind of felt like this was a game where they actually did miss Emmanuel quickly. Yeah. Um, Deuce McBride came in that first half. Deuce McBride played really well given what you needed him to do. But I thought this is where Tiz made maybe his biggest error in this game was. He paired him with uh, RJ, RJ Barrett and Josh Hart. And this floor spacing that the Knicks had and the pace that the Knicks had that led them to a 30-point first quarter just completely evaporated in that second quarter. It was the worst offensive quarter they had in this uh, in this game. Might have been one of the worst they had in the series. They only scored 18 points in the second quarter. I thought that that was a, a crucial mistake. He needed to ensure that he was out there without a Quentin Grimes or Jalen Brunson, and you just went small with those two guards. That was, I thought, a, a mistake here from Tibbs. Um, and 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 I will say, I think the Grimes switch did help in, in this one. Uh, he, he he shot the ball pretty well. I think he shot three for seven mm-hmm. from three. Um, shot looked pretty good. So despite some of that, he had some awful turnovers too, especially in the mm-hmm. first quarter. Um, he had some bad turnovers. He had some some youth mistakes that continue yeah. to kind of plague him, played them all season. But I thought that they did get the returns with him going into the starting lineup. But I thought Josh Hart, he looked a little out of gas. He was getting just be clean on drives. Um, that was a key. You mentioned Obi Toppin. I feel like he just disappeared after game one. Like game one, he had a good game. We started, and it's like he went back to the bench, and he's just he's, – he's been a non-factor pretty much the rest of this series. A tough way for Knicks to lose. It felt like this was a game, you know, maybe you could say game one, game three, given how the Heat defended. Maybe you say Knicks probably don't win that game. This was a game given how well the Knicks shot. You say, okay, you do certain things correctly – you could find a way to win. And the lack of effort on defense, lack of effort on the glass, didn't give them a chance, which is unfortunate. Yeah. The center combination has been a real strength for, you know, all yeah. season. Um, Hardenstein, you know, the, the two points, three rebounds. He, you know, he had two blocks. Um, you know, you can't always tell um, by by his, uh, you know, his, his stat sheet doesn't always reflect his impact. Um, but we talked about Mitchell Robinson's struggles. 
um, you know, turnovers, uh, missed shots, uh, just, you know, just wasn't as impactful as you need him to be. Um, I thought Grimes, you know, made his first three. I, I would have liked to feed them more. You know, I said pregame I wanted 10 three-pointers. He got to seven um, with a couple extra three-pointers. I think it just um, – because, again, it's not just the – there was a play where he was open and Randall faked the pass to him, and the defense has to respect that, and, and Randall drove in yeah. for a dunk. Um, so those are the things that, that again, they, they kind of – they're like, you know, body punches, jabs the body. It wears down the, the defense because it stretches and, you know, it, it just creates additional space, which makes Brunson's job easier and, and Randall's job easier. So I would I would like to see that going forward in game five. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, ultimately um, and, you know, obviously, you know, tip of the hat to the to the heat. Um, you know, we talked about the, oh, the, yeah. the, the Knicks centers. Bam was great. Uh, 23 and 13. Um, Jimmy Butler doing Jimmy Butler things, 27, 10 and six. And um, Kyle Lowry, you know, looked like a corpse during the regular season. Uh, you know, basically yeah. since Grammy signed them um, has been a, you know, an immensely impactful player in this postseason. And um, the Miami Heat bench badly outplaying the Knicks has been arguably as big a factor as any. Yeah. And the fact that they're doing that without Oladipo, without Tyler Hero. In this series, it speaks to just how poor, how much Knicks are being outplayed in this one. So Knicks uh, lose uh, 109-101, now head down uh, 3-1 in this series. So um, along with the other issues that happened in this game regarding the Knicks and their play, Knicks have now also turned their frustrations towards the, the officiating. So after the game, Julius Randle and Josh Hart, who both fouled out in the game, voiced their displeasure. I wanted you to hear from Randle who spoke about uh, what this game was like in regards to the officiating. That was tough. Um, as far as officiating, that's one of the toughest games I've been a part of. Uh, you know, usually the physicality in the playoffs is up. Uh, um, I don't know, I had six fouls, and I think maybe four of them were offensive fouls or five. Uh, it's never happened in my career, so that's tough. So Randall there, voice of frustration with the officials. It was also Josh Hart. Talking about the officiating after the game as well. The offensive foul and Julian lays it up, and then I told one of the refs, like, they damn did the same thing. Jimmy layup. Actually, I'm just trying to get out the way. Jimmy has a wide open layup. Mitch tries to go contend it. Bam just grabs him. And he's going to tell me, I'll tell you that. I don't disagree with what you're saying. I don't understand if you don't disagree with it. Two different outcomes. I don't understand. So Josh Hart there talking about uh, one of the key offensive fouls the Knicks had uh, down the stretch where Randall got an open dunk. Um, but Josh Hart was caught for a clear out around the basket where uh, Kyle Lowry essentially uh, took a charge. Um, so free throw disparity actually was not much of a factor in this one. Uh, the Heat shot 24 free throws, Knicks shot 22. I will say this, though. I mean, the, the officiating is awful in this series. And I thought this was probably the worst officiated game. And starting with Kyle Lowry. Now, uh, again, credit where credit is due. As you said, Kyle Lowry is playing great basketball in terms of his actual play. But then there's other things that aren't basketball that he's also getting credit for from the referees that I think has gotten out of control. 
Like this guy just throws himself on the floor and the refs are looking to call fouls. I mean, he, he takes contact and they're looking to call fouls. Uh, he go, there's a play where he drives in and he hooks Josh Hart's arm on a drive and they call a foul on Josh Hart. Josh Hart mentions that play where, I mean, Kyle Lowry is just in the way. <laughs> He's in the way. And, and Josh Hart is trying to, again, get out of the way of Julius Randle driving. He gets in his way and falls down and the refs are looking to call a foul. Um, the last uh, last few possessions, he elbows Josh Hart in the face and Josh Hart gets called for a foul that ends up being his sixth foul and he's fouled out. Uh, and don't mean you start on the moving screens that they actually finally started to call. I almost wonder if the Knicks maybe during the week or during right. in the day games said something, hey, like they're moving on a lot of these screens. They actually called a few, which I was shocked by, but that's been a whole issue in this series. Um, I don't want to say that the Knicks are losing because of the official, because that's not true. But the officials are not doing their job. And I think one of the things that I hate about the online discourse, a lot of this stuff, is that if you say one thing is happening, it means that you're discrediting other things. Like I talk about the fact that Tibbs not making adjustments. I got someone tweeting me, well, the players aren't making shots. Yeah, duh. Anybody watching basketball, anybody watching the games can tell that players aren't making shots. That doesn't mean that something else isn't happening. So we could talk about yesterday, and the people talk about the pitch was say, well, the Knicks didn't get a rebound. Duh! Anybody watching the game can see the Knicks didn't get a rebound. But that doesn't also mean that people that that, that the officials aren't also calling a terrible game. It doesn't negate one thing or the other. So that that whole discourse has been driving me insane in this series. But yeah, the Knicks, I, that 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 officiating last night was was bad. I thought the the last charge on Randall, I didn't like. Uh, Struess is moving up into Randall as Randall is driving to the basket. That's a play that I feel like the Heat have been called for blocks pretty much the entire series. And and when the Heat do it, they get called for a charge. I don't know. I, I don't know. How have you felt about the officiating in this game and in this series? Did you feel like it was a factor last night? Uh, I thought the officiating was poor. I thought there was some missed calls. Um, but I also feel like uh, my general sense is these things tend to even out. You know, um, I thought probably the most I, the most egregious call in the series was the three pointer that hit the rim. Yeah, hit the rim. Two, yeah. Um, that the Knicks benefited from uh, that same play. Five minutes left, second quarter. The continuation three pointer um, uh, from Brunson on the Hartenstein. Bam, fighting through the screen. The four point play. Yeah. Um, you know, so that, that was a big play. Um, Knicks got the benefit of the challenge from Tibbs, which I didn't expect to get overturned. What, yeah, what was that about? I, I, I still don't have a great explanation yes, for that. The, yeah, I guess they were saying that because the shot was released. I don't understand. Because they were saying, well, the shot was released, and therefore, like, the I, offhand I, is not part of the... I think hand part of the ball would be my guess um, and yeah. as, as part of the release, but... Um, so, you know, but, but all that being said, I, you know, it's, it's all part of the umbrella. Um, you know, the, again, my whole thing is, you know, Steph Curry shoots what 40% from three, he's going to miss six out of 10 that he, that he, you know, six yeah. out of 10, three pointers takes refs are going to miss calls. Um, you need to put yourself in a position to kind of build a three point cushion, seven point cushion yeah. to absorb some of those bad calls. Especially and on the road. do that by boxing out. And the Knicks yeah. didn't box out in the fourth quarter. Um, shout out to my buddy Ryan text me every time they didn't get a lose rebound box the F out. And, and that's, and th those are the type of things that you can control. Um, so th those are the, you know, the, the, I think those are the, the overarching themes, uh, but there, there are the, I will acknowledge that unfortunately the NBA has, has 
enabled smart players and Brunson takes advantage of this to kind of game the system. You know, we saw yeah. that with the swing through for a couple of years. NBA's kind of legislated that out a little bit. Um, we saw that with the take foul. You know, they did the yeah. NBA and that. So, but the NBA does need to do some things where, um, and Harden was great at this when a guy just puts his arm out and he yanks his arm in and then goes up for the shot while, while yeah. lacking his arm. That's what Lowry did in the fourth quarter last night. So there are little things here and there that um, the NBA can certainly improve and, can t- and needs to improve um, going forward because the last thing you want um, is games to be decided by officials and, and referees. But again, like I said, Knicks lost seven of the eight quarters uh, that, that they played yeah. in Miami. So, um, you know, it, it wasn't uh, like that that was the, the defining point, but um, there were also some some uh, in uh, some unfortunate calls. Yeah, I mean, I, again, I, I think that uh, two things can be true. Knicks could be being badly outplayed and the referee yes. could also be being terrible. And I think that that's what we're seeing. I There's a part of me that's a little concerned I mean, I'm concerned about a lot of things in series. Part of me is a little concerned at the players woofing about the refs at this point. Yeah, you know, that's that's this. the other thing. Focus on the heart too much. I love heart. Stop yeah. worrying about the you know like these kind of big. I'm surprised they didn't get a technical last night. Randall almost got a technical in the fourth. Um, yeah. Focus on boxing out. RJ RJ's had like two technicals in the series. Uh, RJ's uh, unsurprisingly, but yeah. So those those, those are I, I I agree that that. Uh, but I understand his frustration, and I'm. I'm a terrible sport, and then you know when I we're all competitive in the audience, so I, yeah. I try to look the other way and that stuff. But just don't get texts because the texts are the things when you, it, it points are at a premium in the series, so at least they didn't get a technical. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's I, I kind of you know because there was so much that went wrong in this game. I don't know if I need to hear from Randall and right, right, hard right. about the referees. Like I like that's for I think the fans. I think that's for tips to say. Yes. Hey, this, like, because I don't know, I didn't see any comments from Tibbs. I'm sure they asked, but I didn't get to see any. Uh, if he mentioned anything about the referees, but like Tibbs, I think does have to, and I don't think Tibbs does a good job of that. I think you know he's very we, we careful talk, not want to get fined. One game too, where he should go in the media and say, "Listen, there's illegal screening every time." Like start yeah. his press conference and end his press conference with that stuff. That, that yeah, I don't know. Like I don't know if he's trying to save money for like his kids' right. college funds or whatever. <laughs> like, but it just seems like he don't want to get fined. So like. Mm-hmm. He 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 was just like, oh, we're getting contact, and he won't go any further. He won't elaborate on what that means, right. and or he won't even mention it at all. And it's crazy because again, like I mean, he had three games where they were setting a legal screen after a legal screen, and none of them were getting called. Although although like you said, it, it's possible they went behind the scenes and sent and sent tape. Right, I'm saying I think it, I think maybe they did, and it changed right. in game right. four where and, you know they were still setting some, but some were getting called, and you're not gonna get every call. Again, we're not we're not being unrealistic here, but right. like. Like the fact that that went on that long and like Tibbs never mentioned that being an issue, which is and this is a guy who talks about how much film he watches. I'm like, how do you watch this film and not see that every time, uh, you know, Cody Zeller sets the screen, he puts his arms out and elbows out and then ducks under to make his body longer and wider than it is. Like I'm like that guy sets the worst screens. I mean, they're they're effective because they don't call them fouls, but he that guy sets the worst screens I've ever seen. And he never gets a friend. Again, yesterday was the first day I think he got called for an illegal one. I'm like, this guy sets an illegal treatment every time, and they don't get called. So the fact that Tibbs didn't talk about this was ridiculous. But, yeah, I, I think that it doesn't speak to the Knicks being the greatest mindset, that they're woofing about these the refs and how Durant saying this is the worst refereed game he's ever played. I mean, it was bad. I mean, but, like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> Randall played one of the worst games I feel like he's ever played. I don't know if I want him talking about well, his referees were the worst game I've, I've ever seen. Again, it always seems to be about someone else in this series and someone else when it comes to Julius Randall and the excuses. So uh, it is what it is, I guess. 
But I, I do think it was uh, important to point out just how poor the officials were last night. So we head into Wednesday. We have the Heat and the Knicks back at it again at Madison Square Garden for a game five. Knicks looking to avoid elimination. Teams in the history, as I've mentioned in the last episode, that go down 3-1 in the best of seven series in the 2-2-1-1-1 format are a 9-170-176 and 70, 176 in NBA history. So that is 9 for 185 if you're doing math in, in, the other, in another way. So uh, very rare for teams to come back from 3-1. So the Knicks are in pretty much dire straits here. I think almost all the teams, if not all of them, who have been down 3-1 have been the team going back home in game five. So maybe that is something to hold your hat on if you're an Knicks fan. So I'm sure you're already listening to this podcast. Not LeBron. LeBron Yeah. Yes, exactly. That is true. Yeah, they did. They they won a game five in a row thanks to Draymond Green, uh, <laughs> who uh, what didn't play in that game five, surprisingly. So, um, so let, 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 we talk about how this get back on track because it is the best of four. It's not or the, the the first of four, not the first of three. So the series is not over until the series is over. So how can the Knicks get back on track and make this a series? Yeah, I, I think the. Nick fans are are pessimistic right now. Be, the same way Cleveland fans were pessimistic after Game Four, you know, yeah. uh, in in the first round series, and for much of the same reasons, because they saw, you know, the, uh, people have said online, uh, you know, it, it, like this is, I feel like this is the point of view from Cleveland fans watching the Knicks pummel and dominate and out physical um, the Cavs yeah. in the first round. The Knicks are kind of getting that same experience watching Miami do that to New York. Um, and, um, so uh, listen, I will start the, the, the way we close the show, uh, on Monday prior, you know, and in the previewing game four, um, on Monday's show prior to Monday night was the Knicks need to play hard. The Knicks need to compete. The Knicks need to get after it. They need to box out. They need to defend. And that's kind of, that's the first step. Um, you know, they, hopefully they'll make some threes and hopefully I think they'll get grinds, uh, grimes more involved and just starting them is not enough. Run some pin downs, run some action, yeah. run some drag screens, get them some open looks and just kind of open up the floor. Just get out of your comfort zone a little bit. Um, it's clear that what you've tried hasn't worked. So let's experiment with some other stuff. Um, you know, can they hide Brunson defensively? Again, as as great as he's been offensively, um, he continues to get abused on the defensive end. Um, uh, you know, and and uh, you know, I thought Grimes, but I also thought Grimes did a good job defensively um, on Butler. That was one of the things I was concerned about yeah. um, sliding into the starting lineup. But I but I thought he did a solid enough job. Um, obviously, Butler's a great player. Um, but again, we there's adjustments, and you know, there's making free throws, and you know, there's there's boxing out on. But there's the overall energy energy level um, has to be matched. And I'll say this, it will be high at the garden. Somebody, you know, on one of my group threads just said like prices are down 50%. Maybe some other, some real fans get in the building. Some, some fans right. that couldn't afford the first few, you know, home games, you know, can, can maybe get in the building. There'll be a lot of energy and, and, and spark, but I'll say this, if the team gets down, and that you know they're they're down in the second quarter, and they come out flat to start the second half, and they're down in third quarter. Julius Randle will get booed. Number one, yep. that will happen oh, yeah. in, in, in Game Five. Um, and there's other you know fallout from it and all that other stuff. But if they come out and play hard and compete, um, they, you know, you, listen, all you can do is win one game. Um, Barrett talked about it and credit to RJ. Um, we probably spent a little bit too much time focusing on the negative, but you have to when you're down three one and yeah. two. 
terrible performances. Um, credit to RJ. Offensive game hasn't always been pretty, um, but again, he's competed. Um, Brunson has been abused defensively. He's a liability on the defensive end, but he has competed. Um, you know, just it seemed like those were the only two guys that really took the task. If they can, if those, if though, and if if the rest of the team can match their their effort, their intensity, Knicks will be in good shape. And listen, make it a close game. Like that's the that's the thing I think that's so alarming from a Knicks fan perspective is that we, you know, we, nobody, most fans didn't expect them to sweep the cat, uh, sweep the heat or yeah. get through in five, whatever the case might be. Seven game series, rock fight, you know, three, you know, one possession game, final three minutes. It, the last two games haven't been close. Game one wasn't all that close. Um, that I think that's, what's most alarming from a, from a Nick perspective. Yeah. Like you said, they, they've been, thoroughly outclassed for for much of this series i think uh one of the keys to getting back on track will be a fast start and i think it's yeah. got to start with their defense like uh, the heat i just feel like every almost every first quarter they've been too comfortable offensively like yeah. i just don't think that the heat the knicks have done anything to kind of make them uncomfortable um I, I think that the knicks are one of those teams defensively where you don't see many big adjustments in terms of how they're going to play their coverages so I think it leads to a team feeling like they know what they have to do in order to beat the Knicks. Like it's not going to be like, oh, well, you know, well they're playing zone now, so we got to do this. Oh, they're they're doubling this guy. So we gotta, like, I think the Knicks are going to play how they play. Um, you know, they're going to double Butler, and I think it's about the now the Heat just going and making the right play. Speaking speaking of adjustments though, on the Butler thing, stop running double teams at him on the catch and show, you know weak side one pass away. Those are those are things they need to clean up. But I yeah, I, they, they gotta they gotta live with they they gotta yes. live with Butler having a forty piece. Like I yes. really think that's the case at this point. Like you can't because these other guys, I don't care what they shot in the regular season, they're shooting too well now. Like they're they're shooting the three ball too well, so you can't live with uh you know going to a scramble drill. And them swinging the ball, they sw- first of all they move the ball too well too. Yep. So even when the Knicks do rotate pretty well, they're still finding the open guy. Yep. They're patient offense. They're not going to yep. force bad ones. So the Knicks can't they they can't live with you know he I don't know they made 13 threes last night I think and that's not even a huge number but in this series it's huge because these games aren't in the 130s 140s. So they can't live with that number. They got to keep them under 10 three 10 made threes if they want a chance to win any of these games. In the games, uh, in the Cleveland series, in the games that Mitchell exploded, the Knicks won those contests. You know, game one, right. when I moved to 38. And, you know, um, but, yeah, I think your really good point is the start. Because this, I, I think that is, first quarter is always important in playoff games, any game. It's incredibly important. Because if the Knicks fall down, this team right now has the feel of a team that will throw in the towel. It just, it has, yeah. a, you know, that they're just, they're kind of, wobbling and and if they i you know that's what spo and riley are drilling in and jimmy butler are drilling in these guys heads on the flight from south beach to 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 titoboro like get we punch these guys in the face and they will not get up from the canvas like let's come out let's stomp on their neck and not give them a chance because listen the Heat understand they aren't the most talented team in the world. Like anything can happen in the game six if it gets down to Miami and they'll be, you know, five, six point favorites. That's not an insurmountable lead. Um, you don't give this Knicks team life. You don't give a, a player as talented as Julius Randle a chance for redemption. Um, you don't give Julie, uh, 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 you know, Brunson a chance to beat you in the fourth quarter. He can yeah, you can't let him get going because he, he started to get going in that second half. 
You can't let Barry, you can't let life. Mitchell Robinson reestablish his identity. You can't let that Garden crowd get into it. All these things can turn. We've seen crazier things happen in the NBA. These things can turn on a dime. So that's going to be the Heat's focus. Um, it all starts with diving, being the first on the floor. Um, you know, all those little things that that seem cliche, but that could make a difference in a game five. And I feel like, you know, with the way Tibbs coaches his game, I mean, he's got a – I said that he had to coach game four, like a game seven. Yes. Uh, I don't know if necessarily we saw that. In some some instances we did. I mean, he really leaned on Brunson. He played 44 right. minutes. Uh, That's the other thing. I mean, how tired are, is Brunson and Barrett and those guys going to be? Because they right 44-plus minutes. Yeah, I mean, Quinn Grimes, who's going to come yeah. off the bench, had 42 minutes. And, yeah. and he earned those minutes. You yes. know, aside the turnovers, he, he earned that time. But – that's a lot of minutes. Randall had six fouls and somehow still played 39 minutes and had six turnovers while played 39 minutes. That's where I say, okay, you know, are you really coaching this game the right way? I mean, Randall was killing them at, at key points in this game and he left them out there. Obi Toppin only played six minutes in this game. He was, it was not a good six minutes, but um, but he was two for four, four point six minutes. He, he didn't have the time really to make a big enough impact in the game. Harden signed 15 minutes. So, so, yeah, I, I I don't know if this means some of these other guys we talked about getting time, whether it be Fournier, whether it be Rose, if they get dusted off. I I got to put it, bring it up. I've seen this be a thing on the internet. I mean, do you think Derrick Rose should see time here? Like, that is something that has been brought up saying, why would they go to Deuce when they can go to Derrick Rose who has experience? I don't know. I don't think Derrick Rose, I don't think he's in, like, shape to play. Like, every time he's been thrown out there in garbage time, I'm afraid he's going to get hurt. Like, he doesn't look ready at all. So I don't know, like, like I know last year the whole thing was that, oh, he keeps himself ready, he does all the yoga, he does all this extra stuff. I don't think he's doing any of that stuff. Like, I don't know, at least to me, he doesn't look like he can go out there and give me 15 minutes. Yeah, it's just, I mean, listen, it's it's unfair to ask any athlete right. to, to sit on the bench for four months and then in the biggest game of the season come in and, and make shots. It, crazier things have happened if you get if somebody gets injuries and, you know, some some happens. And can, would I be shocked that Fournier hit three threes if, if given the chance? I guess not, but, uh, you know, uh, because he's a shooter um, and he can do that when he's 50 years old, but you don't want to put him in position to, you know, and same with their roles. He just, you're right, in the limited minutes we've seen him, he just hasn't, hasn't performed. And the one thing I didn't notice, because I noticed everything, I noticed Fournier had like a he had like a like a heating pad around like his 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 back or his hip. I think Tibbs might have told him this game goes a certain way, be ready. Because I don't think I've seen him wearing that kind of stuff on the bench. It just it was after the first time I noticed it immediately. I was like, oh, okay. Like, why are you wearing a heating pad if you don't think you're going out there? Right, um, right, right. And now maybe he just did it on his own. Maybe he thought, hey, maybe they'll throw me out here, or maybe this game will be a blowout and they have to throw me out there. I don't know. But like that was a little interesting. They didn't. They didn't need him because they had to shot the three ball better, and, and Grimes ended up being that force spacing that they needed. But uh, but I, I didn't think that that was interesting. But yeah, I don't. I don't understand their row stuff like that. That to me was a uh, was 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 bizarre. Nah. Um, it's funny. I got a shout out. I got uh, uh, Jimmy Jackson, uh, our producer. He put the Knicks need uh, Iggy Azalea, uh, Jessica Alba, the whole crew there for Game Five. Look, MSG. Uh, they got to show up in a big way. I don't know how much the fans will be into it, given the effort they saw in games uh four and five but the the the, the heat the garden crowd is going to have to be the sixth man for this team especially because the next actual sixth man i don't think will play like he uh, man quick was in that no, really big no, no. boot like i yeah. think he, i think he's probably done for the series uh, it, maybe he plays in a game seven if there's a game seven right. but I, I don't think we'll see him so the garden crowd is really gonna have to be a big factor in, in this one. As well. I think they'll, I think they'll come out fired up. Um, and I, again, that's why I think that that start is really important, just to kind of get everybody going. Do you think the Knicks take this series back to Miami? Do you think win Game Five? 
Uh, right now, I don't. Uh, I'm going to be mm. honest with you. I, I, for the same reason, I thought you know the Knicks had a great chance to win Game Five in Cleveland. Just the momentum and all that. All that's from what I've seen from Randall these last two games. I don't. I'm not confident enough. But again, he's the most perplexing athlete. Maybe I've been following sports for a long time. I've lived in New York for pretty much my whole life. Um, I've never seen an athlete. So maybe he bounces back and has a 37, 13, nine game. Like, I yeah, that would that would that would not shock me. Right. It's just, it's just, it's that player is that unpredictable personality. Um, And and also you have Jalen Brunson um, who I never put anything, I've learned over the six months, you know, last six months and not put anything past them. I wouldn't be shocked if he has a 40 piece, Uh, but there's just a lot of stuff trending in the wrong direction. Um, And and you made a good point. The excess minutes that Brunson and Barrett and and those guys had to play, um, you know, the, the, the heat, surprisingly, the team with the better depth now has the advantage um, that short turnaround. Um, But, you know, I, I, I think that first quarter, that start is really, really important. Knicks need to get out to, to, you know, if they fall be my, my, concern is if they fall behind they've been great and a resilient group all season i don't know if they have how, how much gas they have left in the tank to fight out from another hole i don't know if they if they have that want to right now yeah i mean because of that depth you're talking about i mean baller played 42 minutes bam had 38 everyone else was you know pretty reasonable shrews at 37 but like a lot of guys in the 20s um yeah. and nicks you know you got two guys on the bench obi Toppin and mcbride playing you know a combined 10 minutes that can't happen. Like I, I, I don't like that. Can't happen. Knicks can't afford to to, to right. have those guys give. The, you the problem is Obi didn't earn extra minutes. That is he, true. Right, he's got to play better. I mean, he and, he, he lost Duncan Robinson. Obi still didn't earn it. I know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he lost Duncan Robinson one pass away. I mean, some of that oh. stuff was just like again, like what, what's going on. So, yeah, I think that this is. I'm gonna say the Knicks. I'm gonna say the Knicks win this game, only because. I think a lot of this honestly will be on the Heat. I think that's how I feel about the series at this point. The Heat now they make all the rules. Uh, you know, they 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 kind of dictate the terms of the series. Right. I think if the Heat come out with the focus they had in games three, games four, I don't think the Knicks win at all. Do I think that they'll have that same focus? They've played four really not necessarily perfect games at all, but they've been really in tune with the playoff intensity, the playoff everything it takes to win a playoff game in terms of the want. They've had. Do I think they play that way five times in a row? I, I, I'm gonna say no. I, I don't know if they I, they they've played really well down the stretch. They're due for a bad game, so I think for that reason, I, I'll say the Knicks get one. But if there's any team that can that can keep that level of intensity. With the heat culture, what they've created, it is this Eric culture and Pat Riley led team. I was shocked that they went into my walking in one game five. That, that's that, you know, it shocked everybody. I'll, yeah, I'll say that. So that, that and I think that that series really increased their confidence to a yes. great deal. I think that, that, like, when you beat the the, the box, the team that was a favorite to win the championship, you, you beat them in five games, you go on the road and win. I think that now they see the Knicks and they don't see Giannis after the Cooper across the other way. You know, they don't see Drew Holiday, they don't see. Middleton, they don't see champions. They see good players, talented players, but not uh, you know the players that the, the Bucks have. So I think that that is also why the, Nick, the Heat have played with so much uh, poise and so. And much, also uh, they time. and they and they watch the tape too. They see Randall quit. You know, like that 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 yeah that abused them with confidence. Uh, like if I was Eric Spolstra, I'd just be showing Randall highlight low light reels of him saying, uh, like, look look at look at this is their leader. This is this is how he's playing, this, and that only ratchets up their intensity and their focus. To say okay. 
if we got him, we'll get the other guys soon. A hundred percent. Just play that clip of Randall saying they wanted more than us on the plane, you know, constantly just drill into the heads like that. That just gives you so much co- to, to think that we've, you know, we've taken this guy's soul. Um, really, he's got to make you feel confident. And last thing on that Randall thing, because that was one point I wanted to bring up too, regarding the energy we've seen, the lack of energy, the lack of density. Like, there is not one player on the Miami Heat who looks like how Randall looks defensively. Like, like, like that's also what's so jarring about this series. Yes. Like, not every Nick is giving the greatest effort, but none probably as bad as Randall. And if you look at the Miami Heat roster, every guy that's getting even, you know, a high of playing six minutes, yep, none of them look like that. None of them are just lagging around. None of them are just floating around. Like, every guy that's out there is giving the maximum effort for however many minutes they play. And, again, the the so much of the – the excuses and so much of the apologizing for Randall's issues that has happened with this team that just cannot continue. And I don't know what's going to happen this off season. I don't know if the off season will even continue because this is a series. This is sports. We don't yep. know what's going to happen, yep. but uh, I know that, that, that what we saw from Randall can't continue and it's either going to have to be him uh, find a way to turn this around and, and put it on a, a really solid effort here for however long the series lasts, or there's going to have to be changes. Is that simple? We'll talk about that when the time comes. Hopefully, uh, we'll have a uh, game six to uh, discuss next time we chat, EJ. I'm hoping so as well. And that's a good place to leave it here. So that's going to do it for this edition of Orange and Blue Bloods, a New York Knicks podcast, Odyssey, WF, and an original podcast you can get wherever you get your podcasts, including a free Odyssey app. Make sure you get the auto-download feature on your streaming service to get these episodes every time we drop. Also, be, be sure to check us out on YouTube. You catch us on the Odyssey Sports channel and the WFAN channel as well. Tommy, let the people know they can find you. At Tommy Beer on Twitter. Find me on Twitter, EJ underscore Stewart. Action EJ on Instagram and TikTok. Thank you guys again so much for checking us out. For Tommy, I'm EJ. Thank you guys. Peace.